The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. He would throw all of them under the bus. Both of his sons, it's already been stated and reported that he would throw Don Jr. under the bus first before he'd throw Ivanka on the bus, uh, under the bus. And so, I, I, you know, because he's always had that infatuation with that, little, with that young lady, and it's really sad. Those teams can't be held accountable to anybody else but themselves. So until they get sued that they break up the NFL in an in a antitrust kind of way, then nothing's going to happen. So they do everything at all costs to not have discovery. He never spoke out against Trump. And, and Trump has been touting that same line that Pence could have done this, Pence could have done that. He is, not, he is not lightened up on that. He's been saying that since the beginning, and he's still going after Pence, and he's still saying this stuff. Why is Pence doing this now? You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I'm Jay Ryle, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, the Sunday morning roundtable edition where we talk about things that's on our mind. Coming up after an NPR news update, we'll get into the heavy lifting of the show. Keep it locked right here, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Online radio at its best. Hello, my friend and prayer partner. I'm Dorinda Clark Cole, an humble servant of the Lord. I want to thank you for joining me today in prayer, but prayer is the key for me in every situation. Prayer is a tool of power that balances me in my day. Therefore, there's not a day that should pass without conversing with him. This total life-changing CD collection, Prayers to the Throne, they are prayers that eventually cause your relationship with God to become more intimate and intense and effective. It certainly will be able to change your life, change every situation, and change the atmosphere. But this is a time of day that I say, Lord, I need you to hear me. And I desperately need to hear from you. The cares of this world and life can crowd our minds with the cares of this life and the vicissitudes of time. So here we are saying, God, let the prayers of the righteous avail. And let God arise and every enemy that comes for me and my family be scattered. For knowing this, that even though the weapon that is formed shall not prosper. So for the next few moments, let us start our day with prayer. 
as we pray to our Father, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Let us pray. Good morning, Jesus. Now having you here, I hear joy bells whenever you are near. No more sorrow, no more fear. For you have given us power. That's why with your victory we cheer. But this is the day that you have made. And no matter what it looks like, sounds like, or very well may be, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, first of all, we want to thank you for life that exists in us today at this very hour. We want to thank you for health to do any and everything. We want to thank you for strength that enables us with the ability to fulfill our purpose in you. For if it had not been for your power, this day would not exist. So, Father, we just want to say thank you. I praise you, Father, for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, and your wonderful grace. Father, I just want to thank you for after all the things I've been through. I want to thank you for the things that I didn't understand that were not a part even of my plan. The things that rocked my boat, and I thank you, God, for calming my sea. And I will glorify you, and I will glorify your name, because nothing is bigger than it, and the things that we pray, we have confidence that you will perform them. Father, we thank you for this time that you would keep us and protect us as we go through this day. As we speak life in this day, in Jesus' name, thank God, amen, and amen. 347-850-1272 is our call-in number, 347-850-1272. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio. That's like I said at the top. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. This morning, I share the stage with the one and only Miss Vanessa Mae Belly from the Macinelli. Uh Good morning, Vanessa. How are you on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning? Uh, delirious and sleepy. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to you, Jay, and everybody <laughs> else that's out there. And I'm looking out the window now, and it is a gorgeous day in Texas. Absolutely, if you're in the Houston area. Well, I tell you what, if you are in the Houston area, make sure you just uh, take care of yourself because it is hot. It is extremely hot. And, uh, you know, how I'm doing, I stay inside. That's what I do. (laughs) So, uh, you know, if you, you know, please be, please, please be careful if you are in this area because it is extremely hot. I was driving somewhere yesterday and noticed. The temperature of my car said 102 degrees outside, so uh, that's no joke. So make sure you take the necessary precautions to protect yourself during this uh, just extreme heat event that's going on in this area. Please wish Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, a happy Father's Day for me. I'm pretty sure that uh, some of his children have reached out and said hello. I've heard from two of three. I heard from two of the three of mine, so uh, we'll see when the third one to check in. <laughs> But 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 it's amazing. You know, yeah, I tell you what, huh? 
Jay has absolutely gorgeous daughters, but he has one in particular that has. That's the one I haven't heard from yet either. She has such a glowing personality. She's all over Facebook with her personality. I just love her. And she and she loves herself. And you know when you're comfortable and love yourself, it's all good with Vanessa. So I just love her. I really do. Yeah. She, she actually went to, to, to uh Vegas for a birthday. That's the one that went to Vegas for a birthday. I know, I so, saw her uh, picture. Oh, well, there you go. See, I'm not her Facebook friend, so I couldn't tell you. But there you go. <laughs> Keep an eye on it for me, please. Three four seven eight five one two seven two. You know, as a parent, I try to give them their space. And you know, this is a new uh, environment. You know, Facebook for people who are you know parents of our age. You know, I, I mean, when we were growing up, our, our parents didn't have access to us like that, and so. I try to give them the same, you know, freedom that That's I had okay. when I was Uncle young. Uncle Les got her. Yeah. Uncle Les is on there. He got her back. He watching out. Yeah. Uncle Les got her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But speaking of Uncle Les, he is off today. He's actually doing Uncle things. Happy Father's Day to that cat as well. And happy Father's Day to all the dads out there and uh, to some of my friends that are fathers as well. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I was uh, – reading something and it talked about out of the 30 holidays 30 plus holidays that we celebrate in this nation that father's day is like ranked in the low 20s or something so the number one holiday is christmas number two is mother's day and then you know we're way at the bottom and i'm like why the hell is that so mother's day is before like thanksgiving really it said that it said christmas was number one and Mother's Day was number two. Now, I mean, wow. as far as retail, I guess, right? I mean, I guess they're looking at oh, okay. the numbers. Yeah, so, so you know, there's not a whole lot of gift buying for Thanksgiving. It's just a bunch of food. But Christmas and Mother's Day, you know, those are ones where you spend money, you know, for mom and, you know, for Christmas, obviously, for gifts. So, but I'm wondering why. Is it because women carry the child for nine months? Is that the reason why you guys are celebrated more than we are, Vanessa? And we should, because 38 years later, some of us still have little marks, like called stretch marks, to verify that we carried those children for nine months. Hello. Well, well, let me ask you this, because I'm glad you said that. So we talk about the importance of parents, you know, and oftentimes, you know, you start asking yourself the question, well, why are you guys are more important parents in the parent situation than we are? Listen, if you have an oven in your house, it's great to have a great oven in your house, but if you don't put no damn food in it, it won't cook. So guess what? We are the food putter inners. That's what we do. We put the food in. You bake it, right? So our role is just as damn important. So why do we not get the credit that we deserve? Because usually, Jay, it is the mother. I'm not saying all the time. But usually, Jay, it is the mother that is the one up in the middle of the night when the child is sick. It is the mother that is going up to the school when there's something going on. It is the mother that is teaching that child how to be, especially if it's a girl, how to be the right kind of female. So, I don't know. What about, what, about, what, about, what about the son? 
What about teaching the son how to be the right man? How about well, that? How about parents? How about dads who go out of their way to make sure that their kids are protected? You know, a lot of times, you have to look at it from this perspective. But I thought y'all should go to Outback Steakhouse and get to go to McCormick's and all those other instances. What? Huh? Dad, what are you talking Okay, look, here's the deal. Here's what I'm going to say to all that. Go to Outback Steakhouse today. Yeah, yeah, but if you look at it, it's a team situation, right? You know, in most cases, and I'm not saying that this exists today because, you know, we live in a different world, but, you know, this whole concept comes back from the 50s and 60s. You know, usually dad was out making a living, mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was the one that made sure the kids got fed. She was the one that made sure she did all those things at school. And the reason why I can understand this being more important today because moms work just as much. But come on, dad's out there. You know, the reason why I didn't make a lot of my of my kids' basketball games, especially my first one, because I was out trying to provide a roof over their head. I was out trying to make it happen. So it's not like I wasn't out there trying to do the right thing. I think that a lot of times we look at this stuff and we say, well, the mom is more available than the dad in most cases, but it's not because the dad doesn't want to. The dad is playing because if the dad's not out there making the money, doing what they have to do, remembering, talking about the whole concept from back in the day, then guess what? The dad's role is just as important, if not more important, than the mom's role, right? Okay, okay, stop whining, stop whining, let's move on. <laughs> oh, she says, stop whining, let's move on, and I guess I will. All right, so tomorrow is the second year in a row where the federal government is acknowledging Juneteenth, so happy Juneteenth to you, Vanessa. Um, a lot of places, corporate places, are still not recognizing it as a holiday. What say you? I'm uh, sorry. Any, uh, you know yes. what I say? I say you're going to yes. always have those people that don't think that Juneteenth is worth anything. Like, my daughter has to go to work. And some of her friends have to go to work. I mean, they don't celebrate it. So I guess this is the guy at the bank said he was so excited. This is the first year that he was off and he was getting paid. So, you know, I, hell. That's why Texas was the last people, the last select people to even know that slavery was over. They were still working the hell out of us. So, you know, it just is what well, it is. But, but you know what? You bring up an, an important point, I think, and, and it's something that I've been thinking about for a very long time. You know, we talk about how, you know, people look at Martin Luther King Day. It, it was a while before corporate America really embraced that as a day off. And, uh, and even some places still to this day, they do not recognize MLK as a day uh, as a day of remembrance. Day off. My daughter's job; she's in the oil industry, and she does not get that day off. Right. So, so it's like, but wait a minute. But let's go back because I remember when someone said to me uh, not too long ago, "Happy Memorial Day." I said, "What's so happy about it?" Well, it's a day off. No, you, you're not understanding the true meaning of what it means. Something happy about Memorial Day. There are people, people, oh, Memorial Day barbecue. You know, people look at these holidays as time off instead of recognizing, you know, what's the true purpose of these holidays. 
And sometimes I think we get lost in that. You know, MLK Day is to celebrate a man who gave his life so people that look like you and I can continue to do what we do. I'm not saying we don't celebrate it, but, you know, sometimes we just take it for granted. It's just a day off. Really? Okay. But you're right, I'm whining this morning, so maybe... I participated in Flag Day the other day. I had never participated in Flag Day. I didn't think Flag Day was a big deal. I I really didn't. But the military, it's a big deal. And it was interesting to, to partake in that. It really was. Yeah, yeah, Flag Day. Yeah, well, uh, you know, listen, I'm embarrassed to say this. The only reason I knew it was Flag Day is because I drove in my subdivision. I saw flags all over the place. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Oh, it's Flag Day. Okay, well, anyway, well, listen, I Yeah, but mean, Bobby got to put a flag in the fire. We went and celebrated it, and Bobby got to put a flag in the fire to celebrate one of the soldiers that uh, has gone before. Uh, so thought, wait a minute. Uh, you, he did what? He put a flag in the Fire, F-I-R-E? Yeah, they were burning flags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a protest versus a celebration. You're not supposed to burn an American flag. What are you talking it about? It wasn't a protest. The family Did you burn the American flag? They were American flags, Jay. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay, there you go. We're going to end on that note because... Uh, no, that's, uh, yeah, you would get in trouble for it that. It's to uh, honor. I have to go back and ask Bobby. No, I was right. It was to honor the uh, owner that was deceased that owned the flag. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, well, okay. Uh, anyway, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. After this PR news update, we'll be back uh, and we'll just have a conversation. It's the Sunday morning roundtable. Mr. Elias is off. Mr. Jerome is free. Uh, he is out of the pocket as well. But uh, you guys, me and Vanessa, should be fun. We'll be right back after this. Burning the flag sounds like a protest versus a celebration. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is kicking off two days of high-stakes diplomatic talks in China. NPR's Emily Fang reports the visit is aimed at reestablishing more dialogue amid strained relations between Washington and Beijing. Blinken met with China's new foreign minister, Qinggong, who was previously China's ambassador to D.C., The two didn't take questions from the press after their meeting, but the two will have dinner before Blinken meets China's top diplomat, Wang Yi, on Monday. China has not confirmed whether Blinken will meet the country's top leader, Xi Jinping, before Blinken leaves for London. Among the issues Blinken hopes to raise in China are greater communication between the U.S. and Chinese militaries and diplomatic officials, and containing China's export of chemicals that go into making the deadly drug fentanyl. Emily Fang, NPR News, Taipei. A growing majority of Americans support legal abortion in at least the early months of pregnancy. That's according to a new poll from Gallup. As NPR Sarah McCammon reports, the public has become even more politically divided on the issue. Nearly a year after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, 61% of respondents say doing away with the decision that had protected abortion rights for decades was a, quote, bad thing. 38% say it's a good thing. 
Lydia Saad, Gallup's director of U.S. social research, says the polling also shows growing support among Democrats for legal abortion at all stages of pregnancy since the decision last year. It galvanized people who were already supportive of abortion rights. It's really a very defensive posture at protecting abortion rights in the face of what they view as this assault. Most Americans say abortion should be legal in at least some circumstances. Support for legal abortion wanes as a pregnancy progresses. Sarah McCammon, NPR News. Nearly one in three transgender youth live in states that have banned gender-affirming medical care. NPR's Melissa Block reports that's according to a new summary of laws that target LGBTQ rights. The tabulation comes from the nonprofit think tank, the Movement Advancement Project, which is tracking an acceleration of laws aimed at limiting LGBTQ rights. Twenty states have banned gender-affirming treatments for trans youth, though several of those laws have been blocked by federal courts. On the other hand, 11 states and the District of Columbia have passed shield laws that protect access to that health care. An estimated one in three trans youth live in the 22 states that now have laws banning trans girls from joining sports teams that align with their gender identity. And 10 states have what critics call don't say gay or trans laws that limit classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity. Melissa Block, NPR News. This is NPR News in Washington. Here's a not-so-fun fact, Vince. And what is that, your lariness? A rollover happens every 10 minutes. How long have we been driving? Nine minutes and 58. You could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. Online radio at its best. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to all the uncles. Just happy Father's Day to all the mentors who are out there and providing a positive influence on our youth. Uh, uh, today is also, uh, we're going to also say happy Juneteenth as well uh, to uh, everyone. We just talked about that. Uh, once again, tomorrow holiday being recognized for the second year in a row. So happy Juneteenth uh, to all of Americans out there, including the white ones as well. It's the Sunday morning roundtable. What we talk about things that uh, just what's on our mind. And obviously, the big news uh, that's still going around is Donald Trump and the trouble that he is in. You know, Vanessa, a lot of Donald Trump's people that was a part of his administration are saying that he's toast. He's, they're saying it. Even though you and Mr. Elias are two wussies and won't say what I've said, I think the man's going to jail. And I think he's going to spend a significant amount of time in jail. I just don't see how he gets out of this. I don't see it. And, and, and you guys can think and say he may not, but he will. There's no way. And if they do not charge this man, well, he's been charged, but if they do not uh, convict him and send his ass to jail, then this democracy, as we know it, is 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 finito. And to me, 
And this is why I wish we had, I mean, I wish I could get in contact with the pastor or any pastor who may be listening. Feel free to contact us, 347-850-1272, but you're probably at work. <laughs> but, you know, to me, in a weird way, this kind of represents, you know, the end of days to me. Right? I mean, look at the chaos that's going on, Vanessa. I mean, you go to church every Sunday. You are in the scriptures. What does this represent to you? Are you talking about Donald Trump going to jail and, and comparing it up in the Bible? Please. What I'm, talk, what I'm talking about is the way – if Donald Trump is not sent to jail behind this, then to me, this is just – it's hard to believe that we're living through what we're living through anyway. Right. I mean, when you think about how, you know, we talked about this on the show in the past. Back in the day, Gary Hart's political career went finito when there was a photo of him sitting next to a boat with a young lady on his lap. He never recovered from that. And everyone thought he was going to be the president. He dropped out. Richard Nixon, you know, Republicans went into his office and said, hey, Mr. President, the gig is up. It's time to go. You're going to be impeached. They forced him out of office. This guy has been indicted twice. He's been impeached twice. And <laughs> he was found guilty of misappropriate sexual relations with this woman. And he just had a fundraiser over the weekend and raised over $6 million. So what does that say about the psyche of America? So that's why I made the comparison, because these are not normal times. And I wish I was up on the Bible like I should be, but I'm thinking that, okay, didn't it talk about a revelation that we're going to start having all this chaos? So that's why I said, okay, are we heading down that path? I don't know. You tell me. Anytime you're ready to, to tell me. Oh, no, Jay, I was <laughs> trying to think of the name in the Bible of the one that's really evil, not Archangel, mm. um, that Trump would represent. And I was reading a book about 10 years ago. Anyway, Trump is Satan. and Trump, Trump is what? He acts like Satan to me. Yes, I, I, I agree. I still hold that Trump is not going to do time in jail. That's still me. I think that even if they give him time, that somebody's going to pardon him. So he's still not going to end up doing it. But that's just me again. I seriously, in my heart of heart, don't think that Donald Trump is fixing to go behind lock and key for five, ten, whatever he is. I just don't think that. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe that. Okay, that's fine. But the scenario of... These are turbulent times, right? Yeah. I mean, so so, how does that work? Because I'm thinking, all right, are we near the end of days? I remember in, you know, when 1999, everybody okay. thought that okay. when the clock turned to 2000, everything was going to go caputo, which we Antichrist, survived that. Antichrist, Jay. Jay, everybody came up and Well, they said President the Obama was the Antichrist. I'm telling you, I, you asked me my opinion of who I thought and what I thought was the comparison to the Bible. My comparison mm-hmm. to the Bible 
is Donald Trump to the Antichrist mm-hmm. because Donald Trump is bringing something to the world. Obama did not bring evil to the world, but but Trump Trump is turning people against people. He's turning religion. Uh, look, the, the he's turning religions against each other. He right. that book that I read called the Antichrist, where we're going to be down to one coin. And, and, and eventually, there's not going to be any coins. It's going to be one form of money. We're already getting to all of that. We are in the final days, Jay. If you read, that's what I was asking you. Everything that went. That's yeah, that's yeah. what I asked. No, that's what I asked. That's, that's, I, that's, that's yeah. the name of it. Couldn't think of the name. I had to get the name of what the book was that I was reading. But you know what? We are in the final days, Jay. We are. They're going to get down to one religion, or it's going to be religion against religion. They're already fighting now about abortions. They're taking those rights away. They're already not giving you – some places don't even give you change back. If they owe you seven cents, they're not giving you that change back because they don't even have any change. So I'd be like, you don't give me my change back. Okay, give me my money back. Let me give you a debit card. So it's getting down to the final days. Look at what the Bible was talking and I don't, ooh, I ain't going to get into that about gays and stuff because then I'm, you're going to get so many phone calls. But anyway. Well, I mean, listen, you speak, speak, because we've had that conversation here too. We've had that conversation as well because we can sit here and say what we want to say. Um, and I remember I was sitting in church, and when I tell you this this preacher was going all in on gays, it was something. It was it was uncomfortable to to to, to listen to. To be honest with with you, it was uncomfortable to listen to it because of the way that we live now. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there were some people in that congregation who were looking around like, okay, what is going on? But the guy was preaching what the word what the word of God says, and so you know that it is what it is. So we can get into those conversations all day long. I mean, we didn't write it; we just read it and we abide by it. But at the end of the day, when you look at what Donald Trump has created, nothing or no one was prepared for the coming of this man. And what this guy has done, and I guess I shouldn't be totally surprised because I remember, once again, if you've been listening to this show for a very long time, you're going to say, oh, my God, I know where he's, what he's about to say. Yes, I'm going to say it. I said when President Obama was elected, I said we're going to find out one or two things about this nation. Either this nation has come a long way or we're going to really see the un- ugly underbelly of racism because it was dormant, Right. In my opinion, I think white people didn't have a problem with a black CEO every now and then, and you know, we're, you know, they can't deny us from a from a sports perspective because we're just built differently. So they have to, you know, they'll accept that. But it was like, yeah, but making them president is too far. That's too far for us, right? Because that means that now a black person or a person of color is the most powerful person in the entire world. And we can't live with that. We'll give you some mayorships some places. We'll let you be a CEO, you know. We'll even let you dead our women to a certain degree. But, boy, you talking about becoming the president? Oh, hell no. That's off limits. And so when he got elected, he is in President Obama in 2008. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And so I could probably say, Vanessa, that looking at the current environment, you know, uh, you can say that maybe 
you know, I was right. And I was it's not the fact that I was right. I just put two choices out there, choice A or choice B, and it looks like choice B is what we're seeing, right? I mean, with, you know, Ron DeSantis, some of the stuff that he's saying, he wants to turn the United States into Florida. <laughs> okay, where well, we can't teach our children about this country's history. It's not our fault that, you know, white people sold us into slavery. But you want to ignore that as if it didn't happen? It's not our fault that they were killing our civil rights leaders in the 60s. It's not our fault that after church they wouldn't witness public hangings and took pieces of African Americans' ears and stuff as souvenirs. You better preach, James. But at the end of the day, we're at fault because of what you've done? We didn't do anything. All we want to do is tell the story. You know, I was watching something the other day that talked about how if you are racist, here are some things that you cannot use anymore. You know, I didn't realize that African-American men, you know, uh, uh, invented the, the, the dryer that you use to dry your clothes. I didn't realize that an African-American uh, invented the process of making ice cream. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that an African-American created and invented the water heater to keep your houses and stuff warm and cool and whatever, the hot water, you know, you know the functions of a water heater. I did not realize that. There was a whole list of things that African-Americans but that created. Comes Potato out. chips. Black History Month, because they invent black. Uh, there was a black person that invented the traffic light. Yeah, and potato chips, potato chips created by the African American. I mean, so there are a lot. Yes. Well, we don't get the credit for it, but you know the thing is, is that that's why you always hear people say, you know, Black History is three six five. It shouldn't be just restrained to one month and the shortest month of the year at that. <laughs> is that coincidental? You know, ask yourself that question. But at the end of the day, here are the things that are going on. And so, you know, we want to act as if, you know, like, for example, there are there are military people who are upset that Fort Bragg is no longer called Fort Bragg. Now, I was in the military, and Fort Bragg is one of the most distinguished military concerns in the United States Army, right? Fort Bragg. I mean, I love Fort Bragg. I love Fort Hood. But I did not know. And once again, this goes to, you know, teaching our children. I had an idea that those places were named after Confederate generals. I had no idea. And so now I think Fort Bragg is called Fort Freedom. And, you know, now these Republicans who are running for office are saying, oh, we're going to turn back, and when I get elected, we're going to rename our greater military institutions. They have no clue of what they're talking hey, about. Isn't that crazy, but it doesn't bother me. How, how does it not bother you? It's just I don't give a damn. I, wow. My husband over here going, it should bother you while he's walking around. No. Well, Bobby, Bobby Jones is right. I mean, it should bother you the fact that we are uplifting people who try to who try to succeed from the nation. Those are Wait. called traitors. Hold on. Hold on. If 
somebody said, by the way, was at Rosenberg, and somebody said to me, we were having a conversation about one of the statues or something that was being removed. Somebody asked me my opinion on it. I told him it didn't bother me. I didn't care. I said the only thing I can say is they have a problem with us removing the statues, but you don't have a problem with removing the history from the books. That's tit for tat to me. The statue is a part of the history. That's the point. It's all history, Jay. It's all history. The naming of these buildings behind the people, all of it is history. And if you start moving, this is just Vanessa's opinion. I'm not honor the devil or allow it or whatever. What I'm saying is, People need to know the history of these statues and stuff. They need to find, and I said it then, my daughter said it, and I just stick with this. All those statues, if people don't want them out, put them in a museum. Well, that's what they're talking about doing. Well, so far it hasn't been done, and they're going to get broken. Well, that's not true. People are vandalizing them. They're 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 spray painting them. So I'm just saying well, let me, well, let me ask you this. Let, let, let me ask you this. Let, let me ask you this. And, and this is a, this is going to be a this is going to be a this is going to be a hard question. Well, let me put it this way. I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to put it. I'm going to put it in perspective for me. Okay. If 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 there was a person who murdered a member of my family, they dismembered that person. They kept that person in a cave. They burnt that person. They put their mark on that person. They treated this person less than a damn dog. This person died, and now all of a sudden they build a statue of this person right in front of my damn house. Is that something you think you can deal with? A person that did all this to you. Can you walk outside every day? and see a statue of this person who murdered your people, who raped your sisters, who who castrated your brothers, who hung your aunts and uncles from trees, who burnt you guys out of out of, of houses and stole property, stole from you, land that you bought, land that you worked hard for, they stole it from you. And then all of a sudden they dead and gone. And they're going to name a damn statue and put it in front of your damn house. How would you feel about that? Would you want to see that every day? Would you want to drive by it every day? Or better yet, maybe the street that you live on, after so many years, they name the street after that person. So you live on the street of the person who did this to your people. How would you feel about that? Is that okay for you? Now your white neighbor probably wouldn't care because it didn't bother. You know, your neighbor next door don't care; it didn't bother them. But why would that not affect you? Because it's so many other things in the world right now, today, in 2023, that we need to be fighting about than to worry about a damn statue well, or so, the so, name. So, so we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Jay, Jay, let me finish. Uh huh. Kids are losing their rights to vote, the way they vote, where to go vote, 
their right of their body. To yes. me, to me, yeah. that's what they better be concerned with at this point, not what a statue is doing and all of that, because their rights are being taken away. And if you think but, but wait, but wait a minute. those same hold on. kids who didn't go vote, uh-huh. and that's yeah. how Abbott's crazy behind is still in office, you think them same kids care about a statue? And my philosophy is, if at this point, I'm 60 years old. If they don't care, I don't care. Because it's, but that's not the question, on, though. That's not going to affect me. That's the not the question. It doesn't have anything to do with effect. I'm saying, oh, yes. no, I'm saying that if a statue of a person who did this to you personally was sitting outside said, of your house, you wouldn't have a problem with that. I said, yes, I would, Jay. Okay, there you go. That's the point. So the point is, is that, yeah, you know, if you accept and embrace our blackness, if you accept our culture, if you accept our history, do you have to be offended by that? Because, yeah, it wasn't your people directly, your direct uh, relatives that were affected by it, but guess what? At the end, we all came from the same place. So, no, I cannot accept that. That's a problem for me. I cannot accept the fact that they want to continue to name a military concern after a person who owned slaves, a person who participated in the process, a person who tried to succeed from this nation. And that's what I don't understand about these people and Donald Trump. Because this guy on January 6th led an insurrection. And you have all these people who are in power. These ain't these just crazy folks walking around the street. These folks have the gavel in some place, in some in some instances. Jim Jordan, for example, he's a chairman of one of the most prestigious boards in Congress. And this Yahoo is running around here trying to find ways to get Donald Trump back in office. And that's I mean, what I'm saying. You just proved my point of what I said two minutes ago. I'm not going to worry about a statue or the name of a building when Donald Trump has got so many people in place. As, and I said this during the show when he was doing it because Bobby kept bringing it to my attention. People were not paying attention. I think Jerome might have mentioned it. When all of these judges in place, I kept telling y'all, Donald Trump put such and such amount of judges in place. And the reason why I said that is because so many of my cousins and stuff are in and out of trouble. I knew that those judges are going to eventually have their behind because those judges are going to be the one to make the decisions if they go to jail over something minor or something that's serious. I kept saying it. I don't got paying attention to these damn signs and billboards and statues. These people yeah, but that's a part judges. of oppression, though, they Vanessa. They need to pay attention, to what these judges are fixing to do to them. That's what they better pay attention to. But that's a part of it. That's a part it's of it. Me, but you got to re- your battle. you got to pick your battle. So it's Vanessa. not Vanessa's battle. Okay. It's not today's battle. My battle it's, it's, is trying to to understand, Jay, People got to pick their battles. I'm not saying it's wrong, Jay. I'm just saying people, especially black people, need to pick a battle 
and they need to work with that battle. And I think that maybe the other older, the younger people, whoever want to pick the battle with the statues and the names, my battle is to try to, like Liz, is to get these children out there saying how important it is to vote so that the battle is trying to keep all of these Republican judges who is making decisions out of office. That's what Vanessa's battle is. Okay, that's great. But what you're not understanding is it all flows into all these little streams, Vanessa, flows into one big river. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. But you can't say yeah, I don't what understand. you're saying. Can't say that. What I'm I trying to say to you, Vanessa, but, but then but it's all a part of suppression. <laughs> it's all a part of intimidation. It's all about a part of, of keeping you in your place. If you're walking around where everywhere there's, why do you think in North Korea, you every building you go to, you see a big old sign of that dictator? It's all about the brain, the brainwashing and the whitewashing of which of your culture, mm-hmm. what you represent. That's why. Critical race theory. All these things that they're talking about, the reason why they don't want to do this because they're we're indoctrinating the kids. No, they don't want the kids to understand and know about our history. That's the most the most dangerous person that walks the face of this earth is the most is the uneducated person. That's the most dangerous person that walks this earth. They said it's gonna hurt little Cindy's feelings because She's going to understand what they did to her black friends. And my prayer go. is, and I said this to my Republican friend, I hope that all the people who have that mentality, that their grandchildren marry a black man. <laughs> I get it. I mean well, that. That didn't make you very popular at the barbecue. Okay, no, wow, great stuff. I don't care. I'm pretty sure it did. Well, that's okay. Well, that's good. But you can find more than one battle at the time. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, listen. Uh, everyone heard the story of those children who survived in the jungle for forty days. That amazing is a god. Amazing. Well, this week's edition. Forty days, Vanessa. In this week's edition of In Four Minutes of Love, something that you need to know. We're going to look into that story. Take a deep dive into the story. It's Convena time. In four minutes or less, something that you need to know. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> indigenous children are recovering in Colombia after spending 40 days lost in the Amazon jungle. The children, including a baby, first survived a deadly plane crash, then managed to stay alive in the rainforest until they could be rescued by the Colombian army. Reporter John Otis has more. The children were stranded in a patch of rainforest in southern Colombia that was so thick there was no place for the rescue helicopter to land. Instead, as the chopper hovered overhead, troops rappelled down to the jungle floor, then hoisted the children back up to the aircraft. Once on board, doctors treated them for dehydration and malnutrition. The children, ages 13, 9, and 4, plus an 11-month-old baby, are members of the Witoto Indigenous Group. They were traveling with their mother aboard a single-engine Cessna to visit their father. He had fled their village after being threatened by a guerrilla group that he feared would try to recruit his children. 
However, the Cessna developed engine troubles and disappeared on May 1st. Due to bad weather, it took the Army two weeks to locate the crash site. There, they found the dead bodies of all three adults aboard the plane, including the kid's mother, Magdalena Mukutui. The one positive sign was that the children were missing. We are not losing hope because we know they are alive. That's Army Lieutenant Colonel Oscar Garçon, who advised the search and rescue team. That was the task. We are not going to leave that place unless we find them. No matter what, we will find them. He said the children abandoned the crash site to get away from the dead bodies and to look for food and water. They were well prepared to forage because they were raised in the jungle, says Consuelo de Vengochea. She's an anthropologist who studied and lived with the children's family. They are always clamping in the trees, running in the trees. Actually run in the trees? Yes, it's incredible. They run in the trees, taking the different fruits. After leaving the crash site, she said, the kids ate Juan Soco, a fruit similar to passion fruit, and seeds known as mil peso, which are packed with oil and vitamins. They also found a box of food airdropped by the army. The baby was kept alive with water mixed with yucca flour, a bag of which they found on the airplane. La niña envolvía. Because they lacked a baby bottle, Devenko Chan says that Leslie Mukutui, the 13-year-old girl who was the group's leader, used a leaf to drip the yucca mixture into the baby's mouth. The kids had a mosquito net and a plastic tarp, on top of which they piled banana leaves to bunk down at night. Meanwhile, indigenous volunteers, who knew the jungle better than the soldiers, joined the search. But even they found it tough going, says Alberto Acosta, a volunteer who spent 19 days in the jungle. He says they saw deer, tapirs, ancillas, which are like small tigers, and lots of snakes. What they didn't spot were the kids who were apparently spooked by the soldiers and spent much of their time hiding from them. To calm them down, the kid's grandmother recorded a message for Leslie, the 13-year-old, in the Witoto language that was broadcast into the jungle. She says, Leslie, this is your grandmother. I'm asking you a favor. You must remain calm and stay put. For further inspiration, the indigenous volunteers took ayahuasca, a psychedelic brew made of jungle plants. They figured the resulting visions might point them in the right direction. In the end, says Lieutenant Colonel Garçon, it was a Belgian shepherd rescue dog named Wilson who first came across the kids. The kids, they were telling us that they were joined by the dog. And it was a good sign for them because they said someone is here. Finally, last Friday, the kids' 40th day in the jungle, their human search party found them. In this video of that moment, you can hear them chanting and giving thanks that all four children are alive. Now, the kids are being treated here at the military hospital in Bogota. Their great-uncle, Fidencio Valencia, says they're still weak, but that the color is returning to their faces. As for Leslie, the heroine who carried the baby through the jungle and kept her siblings alive, she still has a bruise on her forehead from the airplane crash. Valencia says, I tell her, don't worry, all this will be over soon and you will again be very beautiful. For NPR News, I'm John Otis in Bogota, Colombia. Online radio at its best.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Once upon a time, in a place called Mzansi, the people loved driving cars everywhere. They used lots and lots of electricity and chopped down many trees for firewood. And then a very strange thing happened. The weather began to change. In some places there were droughts where before there was rain. In other places the rivers flooded. The grown-ups realized they were contributing to the strange weather. They discovered if they used clean energy and less electricity, they could save Mzansi for their children. What happened then? How the story unfolds is up to each and every one of us. Switch off, recycle, change. Help save tomorrow, today. Online radio at its best. Welcome in 347-850-1272. It is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fellows out there. 53 minutes before, uh, after the hour, eight minutes before the top of the hour, you listen to the serious side. I'm Jay Rao. Here with my big sis, Vanessa Mae Belly and the Mac Nelly. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Hey, baby. I just I just wanted to comment about those children, if I could. Yes, ma'am. I was, yeah. Sometimes when things happen in our life, just for a split second, you know it's not normal, and you'd be like, but God. And I say it all right. the time, but God. When you have a child that has kept, Children and babies with no diapers alive. They found one diaper. So that means that child had one or two diapers alive. I mean, if anybody looks at this show like I did at 2 o'clock in the morning called Naked and Afraid, you got adults that can't make it in the jungle. And they tap out and go back home. Where this little girl kept a whole group of children alive mm-hmm. for 40 days. God has something in store for that child, praise the Lord. He has something in store for her and something about those children that he kept them all alive. And they're so young, I probably won't be alive to know what they did or, or how they grew up, but just know that God had his hand in that entire situation. He did, he did. Absolutely, and uh, a one-year-old at that. I mean, my goodness, that's you know. Think about it: a one-year-old in, in those types of conditions, uh, trying to keep that baby calm. They're out there. There are wild animals running around. It's just a miracle uh, that they were able to uh, make it. And uh, you know, what I read was that um, all their lives, especially the oldest, she was taught how to respect the forest and learn about the forest and so I'm assuming that those skill sets came into you know came to use uh, as she took care of her siblings just an amazing story because she knew what leaves to eat and what fruits and berries because they were raised in the jungle um, Mm -hmm. for a period of time so thank goodness her mother and about mom sometimes her mother Mm -hmm. taught her the skills of what to use from the stuff in the jungle. And one of the things yeah. that they had on the heli- on the plane was flour. So she mixed the flour with something in the jungle 
and made it like probably a, like a paste or something for them to be able to mm. eat. So it's wow. just amazing how they say she made a leaf into like a bottle for the child. What child 13 years old would know to do that unless they saw their mother do that? That's amazing. And then to also not only deal with uh, being in the elements for 40 days, but, you know, witnessing the, the, the death of their mother. You know, they said she survived for three days afterwards. So it's just a uh, it's just one of those stories that you're just so happy that the ending turned out the way it did. And and you just hope that these kids will be able to recover from this because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they are still, you know, without their mother. And uh, that's permanent. That's not a temporary thing. So let's hope for the best for that family. Uh, just, you know, thankful that they made it. And it looks like because they were seated in the back of the plane, that's the reason why they survived. So it's just a wonderful story all around. It's the Sunday Morning Roundtable where we talk about things that are on our mind. And, you know, Vanessa, I was thinking about something. And I know I'm going to probably get in trouble with this. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, we were talking about at the top of the show, you know, fatherhood and, and, you know, why mothers get more credit in some cases. But there are some deadbeat dads out there. And, and when you think about it, I remember when growing up, if there were a room of ten brothers, nine of those brothers, their daddy wasn't around. And as a father, I can't, what type of individual are you where you have children and you don't give a damn whether they are or not? This comedian, his name is uh, uh, Corey Holt, a very funny guy. But he talks about how, you know, he's around sleeping with women and stuff, and he um, he talks about how he wanted women that he's dealing with to get abortions because he and I guess for me, I never understood that. I mean, I never understood that. And I speak from experience because, listen, uh, the last time I saw my father, uh, I was seven years old. The last time I talked to him, I was 42. And before I talked to him at the age of 42, the last time I had talked to him was the age of 16. So you're, you're, you're getting the pattern here. But I can't understand why black fathers, in a lot of cases, are MIA. Now, listen, there are some black fathers that are doing the right thing, but there are a lot of these Negroes out here that's just sticking and moving, and they don't give a damn about their children. They're not paying. There are some black fathers out there who are paying child support, and they think that's enough. A real dear friend of mine, well, she's not my friend, but she's my she's my daughter's uh, my daughter's friend, my daughter's friend's mom. Talks about how the dad is nowhere in the child's life, right? And how it has an impact on the children, on the kid, because this kid is saying, "Hey, you know, my friend's dad is always there." He is always there. Let me tell you something about me. The one thing that no one, you can call me a lot of names in this lifetime, but the one thing you're not going to call me is a bad dad because that ain't even a part of the equation. 
I would give my life for my children, and there's no way that I would never, ever be in my kids' lives. But there are some folks out here, Vanessa, who don't care. How can something that was made from you, something that's carrying your DNA, something that you created, you don't want to have a damn thing to do with it? Can you help me understand that? Because I can't well, understand it. Well, wait a minute. While you're talking about deadbeat dads, you got some deadbeat moms. Yeah, but I'm talking, this is Father's Day, so I get that. We can talk about deadbeat moms on Mother's Day. You've got deadbeat moms that know who these children's daddy is and don't tell the child. So sometimes children don't have an daddy in their life because the deadbeat mom don't tell the children who the daddy is and they, and she knows who it is. And that has an effect on even some of the other children in the household. And I speak this baby from knowing the knowledge of it. You got some deadbeat moms. Guess what? Blame the mama. They're going to blame the daddy and say, you were not in my life. Where were you when I needed you? Well, how about the deadbeat mom that didn't tell you who the daddy was until you were 20-something years old? But you didn't want to blame the daddy. Hello? This is true. True. I get that. I get it. I get it. There are, you know, I have a a dear friend of mine. I get it. No, I, I get it. I get it, and, and you know, and I and I have some. Uh, I have boy. I can tell you some situations of people that I know when it comes to things like that. And you're right. There are situations where you know when you talk about child support, you talk about all that stuff. What I don't understand is are the sisters, and I don't want to turn this because we can talk about deadbeat moms on Mother's Day. I'm talking about there no, are black men. Today is pick a topic. It's open forum. That's true. Today. That's true. That's true. That, that, I, I get it. We want to talk about because it ain't nobody. Okay, here that's fine. Okay, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, is that I want to focus to me, and, and you're right about that because I know some folks who actually lied and told uh, the, the guy that he was a daddy, and the guy wasn't a daddy, and she knew he wasn't a daddy. And she knew she was sleeping with other men. And he happened to go get a DNA test and realized, oh, I ain't the daddy. And then, she, then when he confronted her about it, she lied through her teeth, talking about somehow you're the only one I've been with. Well, you can't argue with science, baby. And then she finally admitted it. But they still haven't told the boy that the dude is not the daddy. To this day, this boy thinks that that's his daddy. This boy's in his 30s. And neither one of them won't tell them. The dad won't tell them because the mom says, because he said the mom asked him not to. And I said, well, wait a minute. How do you think that kid going to feel when they find out that all these years? He's going to find out one day. At some point. And he may find out during a bad situation where 
you may have to give something up medically, and they find out that, wait a minute, not only do y'all not match, she's not even your daddy. No, Jay, they're finding out because of this pit that's out there where you can find out who your relatives are. No, no, I, I get that. No, 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 I understand that. But what I'm saying is in order for that to be initiated, there has to be some doubts in a person's mind. I don't think this has a clue. That's suspicious. And, hmm, Jay. Maybe I should find out. But Jay, nobody, no, Vanessa, that's not, I'm not what they're doing, Jay. They're not doing what, what are they doing, they suspicious. They're doing the kit, Jay, because they're trying to find out their heritage. Were they part Indian, part Irish, part whatever? Jay, that's what they're doing. Let me cut this volume oh, down. Do for one okay. That's what Keep the volume is. Okay. okay. So, so, Jay, one of my male BFFs is just found out last year that he had a son that is 30-something years old. The way he found out was his little nephew in Baltimore had a school project for his parents to get that kit. The kit was to determine what you were, what, what your genes was, your genealogy was. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it also came back that he had an uncle. And, and he was like, who else do I have a cousin with? Come to find out the boys, one of his children, had taken the test. They found out that that was my BFF son. They're not doing it because they are suspicious. Some of they, some of these kids are getting school projects to find out who their genealogy is, what they were made of, are they part Indian or part Irish or part whatever. I, I'm not arguing if, that point. No, I'm just saying. So that you yeah, say that, that some of them do it, do the test because they are suspicious as to who their parents are. No, well, they're my, doing it because they have school projects. My response. No, I responded to when you said, "Well, one day he's gonna find out." I'm like, "Well, how are you gonna find out?" Gonna find I mean, out. well, I don't. I mean, well, he may be. I said, "Well," we, I, and I said, "I hope it's not through some type of medical emergency where you I know all of a sudden." He, yeah, but but I don't know. I, but I guess the bigger, but but I guess the bigger issue is, you know, we have to acknowledge that this is a problem in the African American community. Now, I know sometimes, you know, when Jerome always talking about black on black crime, and and listen, there are instances of black on black crime. Don't get me wrong, but I also think that you have to call people out when they're not doing the right thing. And there's a lot yeah, of brothers like running around child here. It's not yours. Like paying child support for a child is not yours. That's black on black crime. Yeah, that is true. That is black on black crime. But I'm, you know, but once again, I'm talking about deadbeat dads who are not taking care of their responsibilities. And you know, we can talk about this because there are some people out there who get upset when, because uh, I remember a situation a few years back where a young lady, uh, you know, the kids gave her a Father's Day present, and and so they asked her, "Well, what's up with that?" She said, "Well, I've been the mother and the daddy." And people were not happy about, about that. I play both roles. Yeah, but you're not the father. Nothing wrong with that. Well, there are some people who who think there's something wrong. And in that situation, the reason why she played both roles is because she didn't allow the father to play a role. Because the neck was upset that if 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 the mother and father are warring. You don't bring the kids into that because you don't like the other parent. You don't talk about the other parent in front of 
deny this guy. She denies this guy access to his to his children because she don't like something that he did. And so people are like, how do, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so, so it's like you're the single mom that tries to take this role on as a single mother. You force yourself to be a single mom because the kid, the guy wants to participate, but you won't let him participate. And then you want to take Father's Day and give. And so the kids are going to grow up looking at the father crazy. Why weren't you there? And see, I think the moral of the story of this is that you have to think about who you lay up with. Because you're going to love with an ignorant joker. And if you have a child by that person, or that person has a child by you, then you stuck to that fool for the rest of your living days. So that's the word of advice. Think about who you lay up with. Because sometimes you lay up with some ignorant people, and then you end up in a bad, bad, bad situation. And you know what I'm talking about. I know a lot of people who are in that situation. Like, oh, my God, what was I thinking about? Well, you were thinking. That's the problem. You were looking at something, and now all that huffing and puffing and got you in trouble. Now you're sitting around here wishing, man, I wish I was, you know, I passed those five minutes of pleasure. But now i got to deal with years and years of heartache and pain. The blessing was the child, but you have to deal with all the nonsense that comes with it. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this. Uh, you're listening to the serious side. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
It is the Sunday Morning Roundtable. Happy Father's Day and happy Juneteenth to you and yours. I'm Jerry Ryle, hanging out with my big sister, Vanessa May Belly from the McAnelli. Uh, we're a little too early to say good morning, but let's say good morning again. Good morning, Vanessa. I mean, say, I don't know why we're doing it now. But anyway, good morning, Vanessa. Welcome in. Welcome in. Good morning. This is a good show. Because we can just say and do whatever we want to do. We care about nobody else. I just love it. <laughs> well, I bet you you do. Well, speaking, well, you said that, but you said it too soon because when you said nobody else, uh, we do have somebody else, and let's bring her in. Uh, let's bring her in. Uh, Momo Peasy in the heezy. Good morning, Momo. How are you? Well, she was here. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. She was here. I don't know where she is, but uh, I, I promise you she's here. So anyway, uh, good morning, Momo Beasy in the Heasy. Uh, it is Father's Day. It is uh, the 18th of June. Juneteenth is tomorrow. Sunday morning roundtable talking about black dads and just having that conversation. Um, you know, something else came out this past week. Uh, the Justice Department found that the Minneapolis Police Department, and this is a newsflash, so sit down, make sure you're being seated when I tell you this, they uh, discriminated against African Americans doing police stops and all that stuff. Newsflash, newsflash, newsflash. Now, Minneapolis is where George Floyd was killed. And so now, so many years after he's, you know, I think he died, was it three years ago when they killed him, when the uh, Chauvin, you know, choked the hell out of them. The anniversary is coming up now. Yeah. The so, yeah. So, so when we think about the police department and the things that the police do, uh, have we seen any real change? Now, yeah, I think Vanessa that we have seen some changes because now officers are being charged pretty quick. Now, I mean. One could argue that we are still experiencing acquittals. Uh, one could argue that maybe the sentences are not long enough. But at the end of the day, uh, we are starting to see people be charged. And we are seeing police officers going to jail. So I thought that report was interesting that the Justice Department said, hey, guess what? You guys have been engaging in unlawful discrimination against you know brown people uh, you know we did a story a few weeks ago where they caught officers on tape talking about shooting black folks and they can't wait to the race war and this kind of goes you know we talked about this before this goes back to uh, this environment that we live in 
how people are openly talking about this stuff. And maybe it's, you know, listen, maybe it's, it has always been there. And now that we have listening devices and things of that nature, maybe this is what's bringing it to light. But whatever it is, um, it's just a damn shame. And, uh, and it's unfortunate, to be perfectly honest with you. It really and truly is. And when we think about how, and it kind of goes back to the conversation we had earlier in the show. When we talk about representation, we talk about the environment, you know, there's a reason why, you know, you have these big old pillars when you walk up to, uh, you know, the, the, you know the, the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, imagery is everything. That's intimidating. It's when you have... Uh, you know these, uh, and, and you keep in mind when they were removing these uh, uh, statues. Remember the reason why they put those statues up in the first place was to keep black folk calm down. That's why they put those statues up, so you can be reminded that hey, guess what? We own you. This is what we do. And so to say that they still act like that. Being removed. What? They still act like that and trying to act like that, and the statues are being removed. We own well, that's, that's why they can pull us over. That's my point, time. though. We can't say anything. That's why a white man can walk into a gun on his hip in Home Depot and won't nobody say nothing to him, but let a black girl walk in there with a gun on her hip and watch security follow her ass around the store. I'm just saying. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. But that goes back to what we've talked about all the time. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, that's why when we were having that conversation about representation and, and the importance of, of imagery, you know, that's the reason why I was saying, well, that's why we have to fight all these battles on every front. We just can't be looking at looking at it from one perspective, we have to try to fight this on all fronts because at the end of the day, it's all about intimidation. It's all about suppression. It's all about trying to let you know that we're going to keep you in your place. So we're going to put these big statues around because this represents, you know, authority. You need to understand that you need to stay in your place. And that's why I think it's important for us to, to not only continue to fight some of the battles that you brought up earlier, but to also be able to fight these battles. You know, trying to keep critical race theory out of classrooms. They're doing that for a reason. To me, it's all about the brainwash. How is that any different than what Russia is doing or what Kim Jong-un is doing in, uh, South, in uh, North Korea? He's basically saying, look, we control what you listen to. We control – how is that any different than what Jim Jones did in Guyana all those years ago? And it kind of goes back to the earlier conversations we were having when it comes to Donald Trump. You sit back and you think about the fact that there's one man. When you start following man, man will lead you off a clip, clip depending on what their selfish intentions are. When you listen to Donald Trump talk, he don't say nothing about – What's hurting you, he talks about what they did to him. He never talks about how he's going to make life Because he has the me, 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 me syndrome. It's all about me, That's my me, point. me, 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 What they did to That's me. That's my point. And that six million, those dumb, okay, Sunday morning, that those dumb people are donating to him, it's going to his legal fees. So I'm sorry. I don't blame Donald Trump. 
I do not blame him. I would get upset. I would hold it. That I know the new couple wants to hear because he's getting that money to help him with his attendees. If they want to meet him, that's all I would say this. If you still want enough to give him donations, then that's the dumbass central house, which you like be a barely getting paid with donations to Donald Trump. But it goes back to, but it all go, it all, like I said before earlier in the show, all these little streams pour into a big river, right? So at the end of the day, we have to find a way to fight these battles. And we just can't say, well, let's stop these two streams. And, you know, if we're trying to stop this river from overflowing, then we have to deal with this nonsense. And at the end of the day, you know, DeSantos, he represents a threat to the Constitution. This is a guy. And, you know, this goes back to, I'm not going to say this, because I don't want to get in trouble, because at the end of the day, when you think about the fact that he barely won in Florida, Fairly one in Florida, and then ter- then we find out that the guy he was running against was a freaking he was bisexual and he was into drugs and it's just a, you know here's the thing I I don't understand about people and their egos. If you know you have skeletons in your closet, then why the hell are you running for office? Because no matter what we think and no matter what we say, we know this to be true, what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say is, is this, well, is that you even though we... family got skeletons, don't leave our, well, don't leave our well, family. Well, even, well okay, well, family. If family got some skeletons, yeah, they going to dig them up too. Yeah, but I can fight that battle. I can say, look, are you, are you voting for the so family? I have a whole well, time fighting that battle, baby. So I don't know well, 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 wait a minute now. If we're talking immediate family, that's different. But if you're talking about like a family member I or a brother or whatever, well, look what happened with Clinton. This brother was into some nonsense. But but, but that's not – but I'll, I'll digress. My, my bigger point here is this, is that we know for a fact, and even though we are all individuals and we should all be held individually for what we do, we know that if one black person does something on the national level that's messed up, they look at the whole race. See, that's why you can't put them in office. Damn, I don't know that guy from Adam. But at the end of the day, because he looks like me, we get all thrown into the same bucket. So why would you run for office knowing, knowing that you had this type of thing going on in your background? This guy barely won Florida the first time. The second round of time, he won it in a landslide. He's about to get, he's about to get a reality check here real soon. And the reality check is that once he gets introduced to the uh, introduced to the nation on a national level, all that crazy nonsense that he spouts, it should fall on deaf ears. It should, but we'll see. We don't know. But 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 you know what we're seeing in the Republican Party is something that I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams that we would be seeing anything like this. I am just flabbergasted by it all. The Antichrist, the Antichrist. Yeah. And a part of me, because of this judge that Trump has, a part of me thinks that, you know, he may get away with this. And and, and so it kind of goes back to what we talked about at the top of the show. You know, what type of nation are we living in? What is really going on around here? Once again, this judge 
in the Donald Trump case. She knows what the background is on her. And so instead of her saying, let me recuse myself for the good of the country, man, I'm going to stay on the case. You know why? Because of her ego. <laughs> because she owes him. Now, everybody's going to have eyes on her to see how partial she is with him. Staying on the case, it's going to be one of the biggest cases tried since OJ. So, oh, yeah, she's going to stay on there. That's my point. My point is, is that these people will not do what's in the greater good of this country. It's it's all self-serving. What's yeah. in it for me? She knows damn well she should step down. Look at what's going on with Clarence Thomas. And, and, yeah. and once again, yeah. what's, what's going on with Clarence Thomas? Have you have you not been on the show for the last month and a half? We talked about and that, that fool, Tammy, every – so Clarence Thomas is getting money from huge donors, and they don't oh, think anything's wrong with that. Okay, that's what I'm saying. He's not in trouble, and you know why he's not in trouble? Because Judge Roberts got caught with his hand in the cookie jar, taking gifts, what his wife did. So ain't nothing going to happen to him. Because it's both men. The head judge's hand is dirty. So ain't nothing going to happen to him like that. You know, and we t- and we talk about America as the greatest country in the world. Man, get out of here with this nonsense. But when people hear you say things like this, all of a sudden you're militant. We're speaking facts. Look what happened with with Reagan and 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 the uh, the, the contra uh, 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 controversy that happened during his presidency. We talk like we're the shiny city on the hill. We have crooks in this country like they have crooks abroad. The only reason, the reason why we get away with it is because we have big nuclear weapons and people are not going to jack with us. But this country is just as corrupt as some of these third world nations. So stop it with this nonsense. What we're seeing play out every day in, our, in the halls of Congress is ridiculous. They tracked down Mitch McConnell and asked Mitch McConnell about what's going on with Donald Trump. But do you know that clown didn't really say anything? And, and it's it just it's like come on guy, country over party. You're not going to say nothing. Where's George Bush? Now I know presidents supposed to stay out of the limelight, but when you are at a critical flex in the nation, all hands should be on deck. Why would and, you? I mean, I but I understand. Well, you know Bush don't like Trump because Trump wasn't invited to the funeral. So what but, you want but, him to but, say? Well, he needs to – listen, he is an authority in the Republican Party. He's probably Leaders. talking behind the scenes, Jay. And, but but that's not, not helping anyone. Okay. That's not helping. You know why it probably is helping, Jay? Because he's Why probably behind scenes trying to tell people to get Trump's ass out of office. Do not put well, him that's back nothing. in. That, that's not a newsflash. They're doing that in Congress every day. You hear I'm reporters in the hallways of Congress saying, "Listen, when you talk, I said, I said, where is George Bush? Why is he not speaking out publicly? Why?" He don't need to speak out publicly. He don't need right. to speak out publicly. 
Okay. You're right. I guess. I don't believe that's bull, but okay, whatever. I mean, it's ridiculous. He he is a former president. He should be speaking out about this nonsense. No. No. Not in public, he should not. Yes, he should. This is a time bull. Bull. Donald Trump's people are crazy. They'll go after his children and his grandchildren. No, he shouldn't say nothing publicly. No. Okay. All right. And I, no, yes. he should not. Okay. You okay? I heard you. All right. You we're gonna stop crazy. Don't be acting like well, Donald well, Trump. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. I didn't say they weren't Vanessa, but still. You and what are they gonna stuff. do? Go after George W. Bush's children because they can't get to him. So there you go. That's all right, Vanessa. We're gonna stop, we're gonna take a break and. uh We'll be right back after this. Online radio at its best. It started with how do you do? I heard you like the same. Words you write, they must mean more to you. Do you like romance? And who taught you love? And what if I never know how to love myself so I can give you love? If you want me, say less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need me, say less. I'll be down.
Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, to connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. All right, welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious sound on a beautiful Sunday. It is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Also, happy Juneteenth, celebrating when slaves in Galveston was finally notified that they were free people. What they were? These jokers here. <laughs> Me and Vanessa holding it down this morning. Miss Ellie has the drone. They're off today. Vanessa, good morning. How are you? Hey, baby love, we holding it down. We holding it down. Holding it down like James Brown. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, I don't know, you know, because we finally heard in from the third daughter. She finally checked in, sending in, sending me a bunch of emojis saying, who's the greatest dad? You're the greatest dad, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I'm like, I've heard from every damn body else, and she finally checks in. Well, there you go. So, And we say we don't have favorite children. Yeah, we do. Anyway, thank you, sweetie, for the wishes. And I don't know what's going to happen today. We'll see. It's just another day for me. And that's maybe one of the reasons why we say that, uh, you know, Father's Day, we talked about this at the top of the hour. I mean, at the top of the show, how I think there are 30 recognized holidays in the U.S. and that Father's Day is like ranked in the low 20s. So it's so it's Christmas and Mother's Day. And then Father's Day is like way down there. So, you know, we're not material like you moms. We don't care. You know, hey, just, you know, give us a high five and keep going. We're not like you guys. Oh, my God, I didn't get anything for Mother's Day. Please, it's a man-made holiday just to make more money. So, whatever. I want to say what's happening to some folks out there. Uh, once again, you know when Mr. LES is not in, we uh, do not do uh, Chatterbox. Uh, and uh, it's hard for me to monitor everything that's going on. But I know for a fact there are some people who are listening, and one of those people has to be my boy, uh, Kavina, man. What's happening, Kavina? I don't know you out there, man. Appreciate you. Love you. Want to say what's happening to Momo? Oh, Momo Beezy is in the house. Let me see. Can we bring her back in? Uh, and also want to send condolences out to Princess Odelia. She lost a family member uh, this past week. And, uh, you know, hey, she's still a part of the family, even though we haven't heard her on the airwaves in a long time. But, uh uh, you know, peace and blessings to our uh, sis. Let's say good morning to uh, Momo Beezy and Easy. Good morning, uh, Momo. How are you? Good morning, Jay. Happy Father's Day. You finally fixed that raggedy thing in yours, huh? Good morning to you as well, because, you know, we let you in. You weren't saying anything, but good morning. Yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't near the phone. You took too long. I got things to do. Hey, Vanessa. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> Hey, Mama! I hope you have a good Father's Day. Thank you, thank you. The Cowboy. 
Yeah, the cowboy. He came home last Saturday. He had to go back in. Then he came back home. So he's hanging in there. Well, good, good, good. He's good, hanging good. in there. So what's on your mind, ma'am? You know, you don't usually check in unless you have something to say. So why don't you say what you have to say? Well, I, first what's of going all, on? I want to wish you a happy. I want to wish you a happy Father's Day. That's first. Oh wow! Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And second of all, I was listening earlier when um, you were talking about saying Happy Father's Day to single moms and stuff like that. Yes, ma'am. Um, I just wanted to comment on that because people used to at my job when I had one. They used to tell me happy Father's Day. They used to tell me happy Father's Day. Well, not everybody, but you know, some people decide they want to butt in your business because they know you're a single mother yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I, I personally took offense to that. And the reason why I took offense to it is because mm-hmm. my children have a father. They do. Right. And he takes care of them. They do. Just because I don't have him as a, a partner anymore does not negate him from being a father. He's still a very good father. So I'm like, don't tell me Happy Father's Day if you want my if you want his number, you can call him and tell him Happy Father's Day. Wow. Well, I know there's a lot of people out there. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there who's um, single mothers that don't have the help of the father. Oh, for whatever the case, whether he's just a deadbeat, whether he's in jail, whether he's dead, whatever the case may be. So they yeah. may take um, that, like, yeah, thank you, pat myself on the back for doing both roles and, you know, whatever they want to say. Right. But I'm not in that situation. So I don't need to be acknowledged as a father because, like I said, my children have one. I, I am... I'm flabbergasted by this. Go ahead, Mo. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you because you you're are, being righteous, I, I, you so let me just let you do your you, thing. You might be flabbergasted because I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people, yes. um, when I start, you know, defending as my children's father, they surprise because I guess I'm always going off on whoever for whatever. But now, hold on. Let me ask you good, something. But, but before you, you finish, good, Mo, is this, is, this, is this the person you stabbed in the shoulder with a fork? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. It okay, is that's why people yeah. are. That, that's why people are. But go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean this. <laughs> Look, when you do good, I acknowledge the good you do, and he's a very good father. So he's a very now, good. He's a, a very good father. If there was father, a husband's day, a boyfriend's day, or whatever day, then that would be a different story. But oh, okay, there you father. go. There it is. Had so to get that last kick him in, him in the middle, happy, kick him in the legs before yeah, you. Yeah, happy him. Okay, Father's yeah. Day to him. Yeah. Oh well, I'm pretty sure he he appreciates. He must be a great dad. He must be an outstanding athlete because he has gone through some things with you trying to hit him with a car. I'm sorry, I'm digress. Thank you, Momo, <laughs> for for being here. And uh, by all means, feel free to continue. <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh my God, it's three four seven eight five. I did not yes. try. I did not try to hit him with a car. I did. Yeah, I mean, I know. I, I know you did. I know. And for those who may be listening, this is some old stuff from back in the day of the J. Riles show. Go back and look. You do yourself a favor and go listen to some of these old episodes with that woman right there. She will have you crying and she, you would be in pain from laughter. She is one of the most funniest people I've ever met in my life. So uh, there you go. Momo Beezy in the easy. 347 Once again, 
special shout out Father's Day, Happy Father's Day to all the men out there who are who have kids and men who uh, who don't have kids because I know that there are fathers or people out there who are father figures to individuals as well. So congratulations and uh, hope you enjoy the day. And of course, happy Juneteenth as well. But as you know, yes, uh, and happy Father's Day to Cowboy. Cowboy, Cowboy. Oh man, I tell you what, we've heard a lot about him over the years. So happy Father's Day, Cowboy. All right. Um, you know, obviously, with good news, there's always good news, but there's always bad news. And so I want to talk about this in the last few minutes we have left. Uh, Willowbrook, Illinois. At least 20 people were shot, one fatally in the south suburban Willowbrook area early Sunday morning, according to fire officials, Italian Chief Joe Outstander uh, with the Tri-State Fire Protection District said the shooting took place at around 1230 a.m. on a route uh, near a place called Honeysuckle Rose Lane. If you're in that area, you should know where that is. A large group of people were gathering for a Juneteenth celebration in a parking lot that turned violent. This just goes on to talk about how Gun violence in the Chicago area, it's just, it has run amok. And I think that, you know, we can't sit here and act like this is not happening in our community. You know, once again, this is a celebration for Juneteenth, and people pull out guns and start shooting, you know. And, and we kind of go back to, you can say, well, people want to point, point their fingers at Texas, uh, Vanessa, because Texas has this law where you don't even have to be licensed to carry a weapon. But Chicago, that's not happening in Chicago. Matter of fact, Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws in the nation. So when Republicans say, well, you want to change the conversation and say, well, we need to have more gun laws, look at what's happening in Chicago. They have some very strict gun uh, laws, and they're killing each other over there like it's nobody's business. It's like the wild, wild west. And it kind of goes back to what I said earlier in the show, that the most dangerous person is, to me is an uneducated person. I was watching something on YouTube. I want to say it was a year ago. And, you know, these people, YouTube makes everyone a star. And they were this guy, which I don't know why he did this, he was driving around the most dangerous cities in the nation with a video camera at night. And he visited the top ten. And when you watch this video, and do yourself a favor, go and look it up. It's out there. It's amazing to watch. It's almost like you're in a different world when you see this guy drives around, and he runs into, I remember the Chicago segment, because he drove there, and he got out the car, and he was talking to these kids, and, you know, I don't know why they do this, because these kids was flashing guns and to him, but they wanted to be on video camera, because I guess he represented himself as some type of person that's doing a documentary for YouTube. And these kids, it was scary to see this. I'm like, oh, my God. These jokers are running free in major metropolitan cities all over this country. And if you turn down the wrong way, it's a wrap. And it's so we have to have the conversation, right? We can't keep, keep sticking our head in the sand when it comes to our young folks killing each other. Now we're we're the first ones out there on the front lines, you know, carrying signs saying the cops should stop killing us. But what about us killing each other? 
Now, Momo B, I know you remember this back in the 90s, you know, the song Self-Destruction. You know, they were making all these hits back in the day trying to get black people to stop killing each other. Right. You know? And Yeah, and that hasn't changed. It hasn't changed at all. No. It has not changed at all. And when you talk about, people talk about the Klan, you know who killed more black folks? Black folks. We're wiping each other off. So the Klan can just sit back and chill. Hey, y'all going to kill yourselves. We good. We ain't got to kill you. You're going to do it yourself. that's what the Republicans are doing. They're sitting back chilling because it's black killing blacks. They don't care. They don't even care when the white kids go out there and shoot the other white kids. So let me rephrase that. Right, I was about to say that. Who do you think are killing all the little white kids? White kids. It's just the way people are brought up. They're not brought up like we was. They don't have no respect for each other, and that's where the problem begins. But when you go to school and you have a beef or an argument or a problem, you don't know how to fix it without violence. That goes for any color. And when you think about it, you know, back in the day when we were growing up, you know, the last day of school was always a threat. You wait till the last day of school. We're going to get that answer. Last day of school, you're going to get your tail whooped. And the reason why it was the last day of school, because they know that at the last day of school, you can't get in trouble at school because school's out. So you beat somebody up during the school year, you were in trouble. Last day of school is on and popping. But that was the day, and it kind of reminds me of that scene in uh, Friday at the end where Craig goes and grabs the gun. And, and, and what is the day? He said, put that down. He said, you know, use these fights to come back to fight another day. You know, listen, nobody promotes violence, but my goodness, back in the day, man, you used to, you know, hey, let's let's go outside and swing these, throw these hands. Now these jokes, I ain't doing all that. It's a waste of time. Pop, 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 pop. And then the thing is, is that you just shoot into a crowd. You're killing people that don't have a damn thing to do with whatever's bothering you. Right. He never went to the shooting range. You don't even know how to shoot. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we've heard in recent years, in the recent last 12 months, these young babies are getting killed by stray bullets because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time because some gang members had some type of beef with each other. I mean, this is crazy, man. Humans are being just desensitized. They don't give a damn about nothing. And that's the that's the sad part of it all. They don't care. So that's why it's not going to change. How we got, how do we get the children to care again? How do we do that? When you look at some of these parents and they don't even care. No, I don't know. I don't know. And then people talked about the NBA suspended job. John Morant, they they suspended him for 25 games. I think they should have kicked his ass out for the whole year. But they suspended him for 25 games. Some people are saying, well, why do they do that? That's too much. This guy is running around flaunting, showing handguns. This is not the first time. He did it twice. And so they gave him a 25-game suspension, you know, no pay or whatever the case may be. And he wrote this statement saying he's contrite and, you know, he knows that he's a role model. And that's the bigger picture here. You have kids looking up to these fools. And they flashing gang signs and all this other stuff. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it well, it's, just it's because really, you, um, just because you, you, just because you end up being famous for whatever the reason is, 
does not mean you just you change inside. He's showing up gang signs and flashing guns. He's been doing that, and it started young. He didn't just start doing that since he became famous. That's he true. just can't shake it for whatever reason. Yeah. And, but, see, some of the gang members are calling him out saying, you know what, hey, man, you're a suburban dude. Stop trying to act hard. You know, you don't want to live this lifestyle. <laughs> well, they did. I mean, one guy was like, look, dude, you want to try to live that life? Come on, hang out. You know, it's amazing when gang members are trying to tell you, hey, man, look, dude, you don't want to be a part of this. Just stay where you are, make your money, live your suburban life, stop trying to hang out and do what we do. This is not for you. You know, stay in your lane. That's you right. ain't hard. That's what he needs to do. Stop it. You're running around here flashing gang signs. I don't know why huh? people don't understand that. I don't know why people don't understand that uh, uh, a lot of people who walk around here and don't care and doing all this BS that we talk about, people who don't got nothing to lose. If you have something to lose, you should just stay in your lane and be cool. That's an interesting point you brought up there. You're right, because it's like, you know, but, but, but how do we, that kind of goes back to, you know, society as a whole. Because one can argue and say, well, wait a minute, the reason why these people are in this situation is because of what the white man did. And there's some validity to that. But then, but if you say that, but there are so many other people like us who had those same headwinds, and we didn't turn out that way. So, so, so are we? So, why, so is that an excuse? Is that a crutch? And, you know, and I know I can hear Mr. Elias now. You know, hey man, because I, I, I can hear it now. You know, because we've had these arguments before on the show, where. You know, he'll, you know, well, because of, you know, of, you know, how they treated us, the reason why we're in this predicament. Listen, I agree. I'm not saying that, you know, that there are, there are not headwinds that were created by, you know, the suppression of black folks. I, I get that. Right. But my goodness, there's too many of us who are doing the right thing to sit here and say that that's the reason why, you know, that's the only reason why. I mean, that's the reason why these people are doing what they need to do. Go to school. You know, trying to become a, a productive citizen. You have to be out here robbing and killing people. Exactly. It's my block. This ain't your damn block. This block was here before you was born. It's going to be after you die. <laughs> you don't own this block. This is the city's block. <laughs> it's my hood. Last time, know I it's checked, not. last time I checked, you didn't pay any taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you talking oh, about? God. I Boy. don't know what, uh, what I'm talking about. All right, we're going to do an NPR news update. We'll wrap it up after this. You're listening to the serious side. Exit polls show the majority of voters in Switzerland support a bill that aims to sharply reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Scientists and environmentalists have been working to save the country's iconic glaciers, which are melting away at an alarming rate. Activists had pushed for stricter measures, but later backed a government plan that requires Switzerland to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. The United Kingdom's Royal Mail is debuting a special collection of stamps to commemorate the arrival of the Empire Windrush. NPR's Lauren Prayer reports that's a ship that brought Caribbean migrants to the UK 75 years ago. 
The Empire Windrush docked in southern England in June 1948, bringing hundreds of black migrants from Caribbean islands in the British Commonwealth. Many had served in the British Army during World War II, and they came here to help in the country's post-war recovery. Their arrival became a symbol of Caribbean migration to the UK and the diversity it brought. But the so-called Windrush generation has also struggled against racism, and many were denied legal rights in what became known as the Windrush Scandal. The Royal Mail's new stamps will feature the work of black British artists celebrating this generation's influence on UK life. Lauren Freyer, NPR News, London. A ferry carrying 120 people caught fire at sea in the Philippines today. Officials say everyone on board was evacuated safely. The Coast Guard says an investigation is underway. This is NPR News. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Osea. Give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Get 10% off your first order at OseaMalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. Online radio at its best. Well, folks, uh, this Father's Day edition of the Serious Side has come to an end. It's been a fun show. Thank you so much. Uh, for tuning in and being a part of it. Happy Juneteenth as well. And uh, it's time for some final thoughts. And uh, the ladies are first around here. So, Vanessa uh, May Belly from the Macanelli, final thoughts. Happy Father's Day to everybody. The good, the bad, the ugly. You're still a father. Glad to have you in the world, Jay, in my world. <laughs> Your daughter should be very glad to have you in their world. Les, who is. Um, one of the best uncles in the world and such a good role model, father role model. I, I don't know about that part. I'm oh, sorry. I said that out loud. My bad. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> JD, yeah, happy Father's Day to you. Pastor, I had heard from you. Love you too. And guys, I'm going to go out and enjoy because I do celebrate my husband's Father's Day. He gets to hey. whatever it is he wants to do, and I have to pay for it. So, yeah, well, yeah. yesterday, daughter take him, took him out to Outback Steakhouse, so, you know, and then today he gets to do whatever he wants to do with his wife. So uh, I'm honored to do it. I'm on my way to church. I love y'all. Aww. And Mama B, it's always glad to hear your voice. Um, I do still follow you on Facebook, so it's all good. Y'all take care. Uh, yeah. Have a great week. All right. Thank Bobby you. Jones, Bobby Jones, happy uh, Father's Day to you, my brother. From another mother. And uh, speaking of which, uh, Momo Beezy is up in the heezy. Uh, final thoughts, Momo. Yeah, happy, happy birthday. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers <laughs> out there. Happy Father's Day to Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones. <laughs> happy Father's Day to you and all the crew that comes by and stop by and visit and comment and chat. Wishing everybody a happy Father's Day. Uh, it's, it's a shortage. It's a shortage of these happy Father's Day greetings, but I just hope that the fathers that are around doing good for their kids, keep them on the right track, teach them how to respect each other. And it's a hard job because they got these friends that they want to listen to and follow behind, but just keep them on the right track so they don't end up dead or in jail so they can live to be fathers and be great to their children. 
Absolutely. Well, well But Jackie said. wanted me to tell you that she called in, and happy Father's Day to you today. Oh, she's here? And, oh, um, let me look. Oh, she is here. Let's bring, well, let's, well, let's bring and, her in. And, there and she is. happy Father's Day to your father. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm just Amen. getting out of church, but, of course, I had to call in, of course, and wish you all a happy Father's Day. All the fathers, all the great uncles. Of course, I honor my father in his memory. It's hard to believe that it's been a year since, over a year since his passing. But I honor him in his memory today. And all of the fathers, just just thank God for you. Wow, good stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, happy uh, Heavenly Father's Day to your dad as well. And to all you brothers out there who are uh, not participating in the process of raising your children, uh, it may be due to no fault of your own. But for you jokers that are deadbeats, go to hell, okay? Because you created something, and you don't want to take care of it. You created something that you brought on this earth that there are kids who are crying. I know a young lady right now who is hurting because her dad don't want to have a damn thing to do with her. That's a damn shame. Shame on you. Shame on you. And on that note, oh, my God, who's going to do this this morning? Let's see. I have a, my plethora of picks of ladies. Who's going to do it this morning? I don't know. Let's see. Is Vanessa there? Let Momo do it. Let Momo do it. Okay, here we go. Oh, okay. Momo Beasy. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, Momo Beasy from the Easy? It's time for the serious side of the day, Ralph Doe. And family. Oh my God, look at you! So for Vanessa, for Jackie, for my baby, my Momo B, I'm Jay Ross, and have a wonderful work week. Happy Father's Day, happy June's Peace. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. See you next week. Take care. Momo B.